Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Joe Porter. In the program this week, we catch up with the All Blacks coaches Graham Henry and Wayne Smith, as well as injured star Dan Carter ahead of the biggest match in the All Blacks history, Sunday night's Rugby World Cup final against France. We hear from the man entrusted with controlling the World Cup final, South African referee Craig Joubert. We gauge the mood of the New Zealand netball camp with defender Jolene Henry ahead of the Silver Ferns Test Series against Australia. And we check in with New Zealand cricket's emerging star Doug Bracewell as he makes his international debut in the Black Caps tour of Zimbabwe. After naming an unchanged starting 15 for the Rugby World Cup final in Auckland, the All Blacks head coach Graham Henry has firmly dismissed any suggestion that France deserve to be labelled underdogs. Henry says the coaches and the players are only too aware of France's ability to switch from lows like losing to Tonga one week to highs like upsetting England the next. We're not sure who's going to turn up, quite frankly, and so we've got to prepare that they're going to be the best in the world. And they've certainly got the individuals to do that. It's just whether they can produce that as a side. And now all, the, all the word is that they've prepared well and they're very focused and uh, they're enjoying the underdog tag and they're using as much of the ammunition as they can through the media to get themselves up there. So, so you're doing a good job for them. Um, so they feel that they're not being considered in this final by a lot of people. We don't think that. We think they're a very good rugby team. Got some outstanding players. And it's going to be a huge final. Graham Henry's also talked frankly about what it was like to be in Cardiff after France's quarter-final win there four years ago and about what it would mean for the All Blacks to win the William Webb Ellis Cup again after 24 years of disappointment since 1987 at Eden Park. Peace. Inner, internal peace. <laughs> My mum's still alive. She's 95, I think. Yeah, she's 30 years older than me, so she must be 95. She'll be delighted when it's finished. Absolute delight, because she thinks I'm under pressure. She doesn't understand that I don't do much. And my wife will, will be rejoicing, because I think when you're doing the job, you're at the cold face, you can do things... You've got some effect on what happens out there. But when you're close to the people who are doing the job but you're not involved, that's a very difficult situation to be in. So the people who are close to you will feel big relief once this World Cup is over. I've got two boys and a, and a daughter, and they're all in Cardiff in 2007. And the two boys arrived on the Friday night for the finals and 24 hours later, it was all over. And the meeting on the, Friday, on the Sunday morning of that group of people was a very emotional time, very emotional time. We've got a lot of friends in Cardiff, and we were around at one of our friends' places, and we're all together, and they had their partners as well. And I'm just hoping that um, we can get together on Sunday night and things might be a wee bit different. 
Meanwhile, one of Graham Henry's assistants, Wayne Smith, is one game away from ending an association with the All Blacks that's lasted more than 30 years off and on. The 17-test first five went on to play and coach in Italy before guiding the Crusaders to back-to-back Super 12 titles, taking over from John Hart as All Black coach after the 1999 World Cup. He lasted two seasons before stepping aside for John Mitchell, then returned from coaching Northampton in England seven years ago to be one of Graham Henry's assistants. Smith's moving back to Wyatt cut all from Canterbury and will help coach the Chiefs in the next Super Rugby season and says while he wouldn't swap his years with the All Blacks for anything, his decision to move on has felt right for some time. And it's fitting France will feature in Smith's last match as he says French rugby's had a huge influence on his career. A lot of my coaching was shaped when I was in Italy as a player coach and then a coach of Benetton um, and I had a couple of mentors there, Pierre Vilpru is, is one clearly. Andre Bonomo, who a lot of people wouldn't know, but uh, he coached Benetton when I was player coach for Casali, and uh, he had a huge influence on me. And, and like, we come from a very analytical background in New Zealand, so we, we, we teach the game analytically, whereas they were at the other end of the spectrum, so they were very much a global methodology, which is um, movements on the field, game sense, playing with the ball, and believe that you'll develop your skills and your technique through understanding the game, whereas we teach the skills and technique and then um, not so strong in the game understanding. So that was a really massive learning curve for me and um, it's, it's part of coaching that I've really enjoyed. Really, I came back, I suppose, from Italy with my own philosophy of coaching and it was absolutely a, a fusion of both cultures. That's the All Blacks assistant coach, Wayne Smith. Meanwhile, the man many regard as one of the team's best, if not the best, number 10, says it's hard to put a finger on what makes the French so dangerous. Dan Carter, who was injured in the quarter-final loss to France four years ago, is a frustrated spectator again as he starts his rehabilitation after surgery on his tournament-ending groin injury. And unlike so many of the confident New Zealand fans after the semi-final win over Australia, Carter remains nervous about the ability of the French players to go from the ridiculous one week to the sublime the next, especially when playing the All Blacks in the semi-finals in London in 1999 and Cardiff in 2007. Going back to those uh, World Cups that I mentioned earlier, there's always something going on you know, in, the, in the French camp and people are always writing them off You know, in 99. I think Smithy talked about the other week, you know, a couple of months before that World Cup, the All Blacks put 50 points on them. Uh, you can look at 2007 World Cup, we lost in the quarter-final, you know, only less than 12 months before that we were in France and, and beat them quite convincingly in, in two test matches and, and then come World Cup time they just seemed to, to grow another league. Um, so I'm not too sure exactly what it is. Um, something to do with the, the French mentality and they love playing the All Blacks and, and from my experience you know, playing in France as well throughout the, the top 14 or, or Heineken Cup the, the teams you know, can be sort of so-so but then as soon as they're fighting for relegation or fighting for Heineken Cup spots or fighting for, for final spots they just seem to perform out of their skin and I've, I've seen that you know, at the World Cup in the round robin stages they they weren't a world-class side, but they scraped through, and, and then ever since the playoffs, they've uh, they've just turned into a different side, and, and I think that's just their mentality, and that's what makes them uh, such a dangerous side. Dan Carter.
The man appointed to control the World Cup final is South African referee Craig Joubert. He was the best referee throughout the tournament and was rewarded for his consistent performances by being entrusted with the biggest game of his career. After Englishman Wayne Barnes missed a crucial forward pass that led to the All Blacks' early exit from the 2007 World Cup at the hands of France, the New Zealand public have been nervous about who would be in control of the 2011 final. Most pundits are in agreement that Joubert has been the form whistleblower in New Zealand, and the man himself spoke to Karen Bond about the honour of being chosen to referee the biggest game of his life. Just really, really privileged and really proud. And, um, you know, my late dad got me into refereeing, and so, um, you know, one of the first things that went through my mind is, is uh, you know, how proud he would have been of me. Um, and so, look, it's a pretty emotional moment, you know, um, and as I said, a big moment in your career. And so, um, you know, a lot of emotional thoughts and, and thoughts of people who have uh, who have contributed along the way. Um, so, yeah, just, I guess, reflecting on, on people that have been really good to me. But as you say, I mean, the biggest moment in your career to date. Yes, it is, um, without doubt. You know, the, the World Cup is, um, it's it's a huge moment for the players. You know, they all build towards a, a World Cup for four years and so do we, you know. And so, uh, you know, for me uh, to have, to have, had the privilege really of refereeing at this World Cup and, and then the cherry on the top of getting appointed to referee the final was, uh, was you know, the biggest moment of my career. And what was the reaction from your fellow match officials? Well, that, you know, that w really touching for me was, was how enthusiastic and supportive they all were. Um, you know, we've, we're a really close group um, and the group's been really supportive of each other during this World Cup, which has been great. And, and I just, I felt a lot of goodwill and support from all my peers, which, uh, yeah, was really touching. And I guess you'll be Interested to see the reaction coming out of South Africa when they're up in a few hours. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean obviously the disappointments here at the Springboks aren't playing in the final. You know, I think uh, 43 million of us at home would have would have loved to have seen uh, the green and gold playing on the weekend, and, and that wasn't to be. But, um, you know, my family and friends and, and people at home, uh, you know, I, I hope and I'm sure will be proud of me. And, um, you know, if I can fly the South African flag in the absence of our beloved Springboks, then uh, I'm proud to do that. But I guess the Springboks loss is, is your gain in, in enabling you to, to be the referee for the final. Yeah, you know, and I think I think first and foremost, all of us are Springboks supporters. And so, you know, coming to the World Cup, I would love would have loved nothing more than to have been sitting in the stands watching the Springboks defend their World Cup title. But, you know, that that's not to be. And so I'm really proud to be there representing South Africa and representing, you know, the referees on, on, the, on the big stage. And how's it going to feel as you build towards that final, knowing that it's not just another match it's the final there is that element it it is the final but by the same token my preparation will be exactly the same as any other match that i've refereed uh, in my career you know i think the important thing going into big games like this is to is to treat it like just another match difficult as that might be and you know the occasion you know will be pretty big and, and it's a final and, and there's um, there's an aspect around the occasion to that but my preparation will be simply to carry on doing what i've been doing and try to be consistent within my, myself and my performances. So uh, my preparation doesn't change, my approach doesn't change. Uh, try to keep doing what I've been doing consistently. And how, how do you look on the, the Rugby World Cup as a whole, not just from you as, as a match official perspective, but kind of as the whole atmosphere around the tournament, the success the tournament's been so far? Oh, look, it's been really special. You know, um, New Zealand's a country which is rugby mad, um, you know, and not unlike South Africa, you know, so coming from the country that I've come from, I, I completely understand um, the rugby enthusiasm in this country. And I think what's been great is, is the way the people of New Zealand have got behind this tournament. You know, uh, I refereed games 
for example, between Ireland and uh, and the USA, which was played in pouring rain and, and just about a full house stadium with a great atmosphere, and and that was pretty typical of a lot of the pool games through the um, through the tournament. So the people of New Zealand have really got behind this tournament. Um, I thought the rugby was outstanding in the pool stages. You know, a lot of the uh, a lot of the teams that maybe the people didn't have high expectations of really exceeded those expectations, and so. Hey, it's been a good tournament on the field. I, th I think the teams have produced good rugby, and off the field, I think the people of New Zealand have really supported the event, um, and it's been a really good experience for all involved. The man appointed to referee the Rugby World Cup final, South Africa's Craig Jubeer. And this is Extra Time, a web-only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Joe Porter. Waito Manu begins her term as New Zealand netball coach on Sunday with her first test against Australia in Perth. Tomanu has taken over from Ruth Aitken who stepped down after 10 years in the role. Australia too has a relatively new coach with Lisa Alexander who took over recently from Norma Plummer. But the similarities don't end there. Since the World Champs final in Singapore which Australia won, both teams have enjoyed a series wins over England but both are also missing key players through injury. Tomanu has a reputation for forthrightness, but the Silver Ferns defender Jolene Henry told Stephen Hewson there's little difference in their build-up for this test, with Tomanu having been Aitken's assistant for the past three years. Not really. Um, I guess she's just fine-tuning things to the way she thinks will, um, I guess, get us across that line. Um, we have a bit of a fear. Uh, she has a, you know, she's offered us a philosophy which, you know, we're, we're buying into at the moment. So. Um, it's certainly new. Lots of things are new for us, but by no means has she come in with a broom. You know, she was part of the last four years and um, was very much a part of all our systems and policies and structures and stuff that we had in place. So, yes, it has changed, but yes, it is still the same. What might have changed, or, or what, what things spring to mind? Her running trainings. <laughs> her being able to be with both the defence and attackers. You know, I think she can add a add real value to our attacking structures um, of the mindset that she's been an elite player herself. Uh, she's defended lots of really good attackers, so she kind of, um, you know, little intricacies that I guess she thinks might make a difference. And they might only be small things like an angle, but you just change one thing in there and, you know, it exposes whole other areas. And I guess together with Nolene, who was an, an amazing goal attacker and wing attacker in her own right, you know, it's, it's really exciting for our for our young attackers out there. Did you do anything to, to welcome her in? Um, or we, yep, we, have a, we have a tradition in the team where we have a welcoming, a little um, welcome morning for our newbies or our people coming back, whether it be from injury or having children or just having some time out. And what does that involve? Oh, I don't know if I'm allowed to tell you about that. <laughs> I guess it's just, um, I guess we, we all kind of just go into a room and oh it's just it's just a good old you know welcome back we share our thoughts um share a few other things and um welcome them back with, with their kit and um i guess just formally acknowledge their commitment um or their work that they've done before that they've um, come back does this series have a, a different feel about it given the both teams have got new coaches both teams are, are missing some key players yeah, you know, like, we're under no disillusion that this is the building phase. You know, we're about building capacity at the moment. 
Um, we've got new players, you know, we're looking forward to, um, you know, four years' time so that, you know, Commonwealth Games comes, World Netball Champs comes. You know, we've got lots of depth within the team. You know, we're, at the moment, I'd imagine that things are still very much being um, explored, um, trialled, if you like. So, yeah, it is really new. There are lots of new things going on, um, lots of things that are uncertain about. But, you know, if you were if you were uncomfortable as an elite athlete, then you're obviously not doing your job. So, um, for us, it can be a comforting thing in terms that um, we have a bit of a slogan within our team about being um, comfortable being uncomfortable. So, um, yeah, it's certainly it's certainly very exciting, certainly different. Um, but to think that you could be a part of that campaign long term and, and you know be there from right from the very start, I mean, there's no better way to to be prepared, really. What did you make of? Have you had or had a chance to look at that England Australia series at all? Particularly maybe that that, la- yeah, that, that yeah. last test that was much closer than people might have thought. Yeah, um, I think England. You know, they got sharper as every time they took the court. Um, I think too that Australia made we're making a whole lot of changes. So um, when you introduce new people into into the lineup, it's bound to make a difference. Um, I guess it's it's hard to play really well when you know that you've thumped the team, you know, two days prior by about 20. Um, and I guess that comes down to individual and, and, and team kind of expectations and standards. Um, but it definitely was a learning curve for us in terms of watching them and seeing how the English, you know, might have exposed some of Australian weaknesses um, and also reaffirmed some of the stuff that we already know about what they are good at and what we're trying to limit them doing. So big challenges for us ahead. What in particular do you think England may have showed you a bit? Um, I think at times um, Australian um, were a little bit dodgy with ball in hand, I think like any team can be, um, and that might have just been because they've had a lack of time together as a group. Uh, I also thought that the um, English did very well at um, attacking ball or running on the shoulders of the Australian um, attackers, Um, and I also thought that um, defensively, um, some of the sh- the shooting work, the player to play, um, shooter to shooter work that the England um, attackers were doing, you know, was really clever and really kind of out of the box. So, I guess it's a, a mixture of how you can marry those or integrate those into a game without losing your own strength. Now they're missing, obviously, uh, Natalie Wamberto, which is Morel McMahon's still out too, isn't she? So, yeah. I mean, there's some pretty key players. Yeah, well, that's huge for them. You know, like um, I think that they're probably you know, two of the best players on the world stage at the moment. But, you know, if you look at our team, we're also missing three of our starting players. Um, We've lost, you know, our veteran, Timapara George, who indeed was our little playmaker and our little general. We've lost our captain. So, um, you know, by no means is our team um, without players that we would love to have as well. So um, I guess... We're on level playing fields. Whenever you walk out there, they don't care who you haven't got, who you have got. You're out there representing New Zealand. You're out there representing Australia, and both teams want to win. There's, there's still an edge to it, is there? Given, I suppose that the, the world, the way the world champs went, or is this at all about getting one back, or is it just simply it's it's the start of another four-year campaign? I don't know if there's an edge, but anyone that was in that World Netball Champs team, you know, you can talk to them about it, and they, you know, it still sits really, really deep in their belly. 
Um, so I guess for those of us that were there, yeah, it, it is in the back of our minds, but any time you go out there wearing the silver fern, you want to win, and particularly against Australia because they're our biggest foe. And at the moment, they're current world champions, so um, any opportunity to get a chance to be one up on them, you know, you really want to take it. The silver ferns defender, Jolene Henry. Sunday's test is the third in a five-match series against the Diamonds, with the first two tests played earlier in the year before the world champs. The New Zealand cricket team have been dusting off the cobwebs after six months without action in Zimbabwe, picking up three wins from three so far on tour. They crushed the hosts in the first two 2020 matches to claim a series whitewash before winning the first of three one-dayers on Thursday night comfortably. The Black Caps lost just one wicket in achieving their target on Thursday after Zimbabwe recovered from losing four wickets for 21 runs to post a respectable 231 for six. However, the New Zealanders had no trouble overhauling the target in just the 44 over, with Rob Nickel becoming only the seventh batsman to score a century on his one-day debut. The Blackcaps' other one-day debutante, paceman Doug Bracewell's brisk new ball bowling set the tone as he took three early wickets after Zimbabwe won the toss, and I spoke to the 21-year-old about his first tour as a Black Cap. I'm fairly happy, but um, you know, obviously it's a big learning curve and I'm, I've got a lot to learn on, so um, going into the one-days, you know, um, I've got a you know, a bit more, a bit more of uh, opportunity to bowl, bowl a few more overs, and you know, hopefully, um, keep taking wickets. Looking forward with anticipation to those one days. Then, like you say, getting your getting your arm rolled over a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, um, going to be a bigger load, and obviously with power play and stuff, um, might have to bowl bowl um, shorter spells, and also at the desk and power play overs. So no, it'll, it'll be good. The batsman, the top order, is absolutely going all guns blazing. That's um, a, a very positive sign. Yeah, yeah, Baz and Guppy are um, striking the ball extremely well. So, you know, that's positive for us. And, yeah, the other guys haven't really had much of a hit out. So, um, yeah, hopefully they don't have to have too much of a hit out. You know, Guppy and Guppy and McBaz are going awesome. So hopefully they can continue that form to in, uh, into the one day. Yeah, I guess after having six months off of international cricket, um, some of those guys a bit lower down the order uh, might be quite keen to get out there and have a go and, and get some, you know face some balls at the crease because they haven't done that in a while. But I guess it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it must be tough for them. Um, you know, have, haven't really had that had that time out in the middle, but um, you know they'll just have to be working hard at training and you know hopefully when they get the opportunity, um, you know they don't feel feel too out of nick. What's the feeling within the squad? Obviously, you, like you haven't played in, in quite some time, but you've come out and played some pretty impressive performances. So it must be um, quite a good feeling within the camp at the moment. Yeah, yeah, we've got a good feeling uh, going. Um, we've, you know, we've been we've been training for the last um, almost a month now. You know, we had a, we had a couple of weeks um, back home before we came over here, and then a few days in South Africa. So um, yeah, we've been we've been training as a group uh, pretty well and. You know the boys. The boys are pretty confident um, with where they're at. So yeah, you know it's showing on the field. Um, you know, especially um, especially the batsmen. They, they're going really well. So it's pretty positive for us. And how how are you finding the conditions in Zimbabwe? Um, yeah, it's pretty hot. Um, but uh, the main thing is the altitude. Really, you know, some of the guys are. Uh, blowing up, you know, or especially the bowlers, um, they're not really used to used to this altitude. But I think, um, you know, we're acclimatising um, pretty nicely. And um, lucky today it wasn't as hot as the other day, but 
um, it'll be a test in the one days. Obviously, 50 overs uh, uh, longer, longer time. So we'll see how we go. Obviously, that is a longer format. And how, how do you think your, your fitness levels and stuff will cope? I guess, like you say, the altitude, the heat, um, having to bowl those, I guess, longer periods of, of, of spells for the bowlers. Uh, I think I think we'll be fine. You know, um, all, all the guys are pretty fit, um, so I don't think we'll have any troubles there. But obviously, in the um, obviously in the twenty twenties, it's, it's much more everything's um, much more quicker. So I think on the one days, you know, probably slow it down a little bit. Um, in the field, and you know, the uh, bowlers will get that little bit of extra rest um, in the field, and that. So yeah, we should be alright. So I guess after two, you know, fairly convincing performances, are there any areas you're looking to improve on ahead of the one days? Um, yeah, yeah, we're always looking to improve. I think you know, um, um, we we our fielding, you know, one of our strong points, but um, we're always wanting to improve there. Um, and bowling, obviously our batting's going pretty good at the moment. Um, but bowling, you know, we're, we're looking to improve just to execute um, our bowling plans. Um, and yeah, you're just just trying things that have been trading and that, and always always looking to you know improve our games. And what about you? Are you happy with your line and your length at the moment? Are you going to have to adjust those <coughs> things for the one days? Does that change a bit from twenty twenty to one day, or is it still the same? Uh, not not so much. Um, but you know it's the same um, as as in the death as the one day as you know I want to you know execute a good Yorker and um, same um, also work on uh, my slowballs so I'll be doing that in the net because um, it's a handy handy thing to have up the sleeve you know a couple of good variations. What are the main threats that Zimbabwe pose? You've you've played them a couple of times now. Where do you see their strengths? Um, I think they've got a couple of handy spinners there, <clears throat> so I think we'd, we'd just look to play them careful. Um, and a couple of couple of guys um, in the middle order that you know stroked the ball um, pretty hard today. Um, so yeah, we'll keep an eye on them. And um, but yeah, yeah, uh, as I say, um, um, they they got away today like pretty nicely. But as long as we keep taking wickets, you know, throughout throughout the innings, we'll be alright. And it's Ross Taylor's first stint as captain. How are you finding uh, working under him? Um, yeah, no, Ross has been good. Um, obviously, it's, it's new for him, so it's probably been a little bit um, tough for him. But, no, he's, he's been good. He's been uh, really positive uh, to the guys. And, um, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. And he's probably quite keen to get out there and spend some time at the crease as well. Yeah, he obviously only had two overs uh, today, so he'll, he'll be um, yeah, getting pretty keen to get out there and um, spend some time in the middle. The Black Caps bowler, Doug Bracewell. And that's the show for this week. Feedback is welcome via sport at radionz.co.nz. You can get the latest sports news anytime on our website, while we'll be back with the next web-only Extra Time show next week. I'm Joe Porter. Bye for now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.